Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Spicy Pecan Podcast. Have you ever had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Spicy Pecan Podcast. I am your host, Nina, the spiciest pecan. Listen, welcome to any new pecans that are listening to the show today. You are very welcome. I appreciate you for viewing or listening. If you are checking this out on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. We'll give you a second to do that. And if you are listening on the pod directories, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you leave a review and share the episode. If you think it's good, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it as well. I am so grateful to have you here today. I have cooked up quite a wonderful episode. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I have Anna Rose Epstein. You don't know Anna, but you're going to get to know Anna. I want to get I'm going to get into um, Anna's bio. But before I do, we've been talking about equity within cannabis since I started the show. I have a segment called Weed News in New Jersey. As we know, the recreational use of marijuana was passed earlier in the year. The fight for equity within that industry is going to be a real fight. Politicians and business people work hand in hand. So if we think that recreational marijuana is going to be something that is automatically going to be fair and is going to be this thing that is going to somehow give some type of retribution to the people who have had their lives ruined because of the criminalization of the plant, that's not going to happen. So it's really important that we pay attention to what's happening in states that are ahead of us. Illinois being one of them. The entire world is watching this equity program in Illinois. Anna has been on the pulse of all of this. Okay. And we'll let Anna give us a little more description, but let's get into the bio. Anna Rose Epstein is a director, producer, actor, and activist. Anna Rose co-founded and is and is the producing director at Nothing Without a Company, an immersive site-specific theater company founded in 2008. NWAC focuses on uplifting marginalized voices from the AANHPI, BIPOC, and LGBTQIA communities through revolutionary acts of theater and film. Oh, love that. Anna Rose has produced, directed, or performed in over 40 theater productions and short films in Chicago since 2001. She is a licensed massage therapist, energy worker, and two-time award-winning film director with the 48-hour film project in Chicago. Anna Rose is currently working on her first feature documentary about the Illinois cannabis industry. I am so excited to talk to Anna. Wealth of knowledge. Um, Without further ado, Let's get right into it. Anna, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you feeling today? Oh, I got all kinds of energy coming at me and through me and I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling the day and I might 
need to come down a little bit. So that's why I got this J right here. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Listen, we all need a little of that. Uh, that's that's me right after the show. <laughs> um, so before we even start, how should I refer to you? Um, what pronouns? Um, so I go by she's and they's, but you can you can do she if that's easier. Um, okay. Yeah, but I, I I kind of think that um, gender is um you know it's like a made-up thing yeah so I'm and I'm I'm kind of an anarchist I don't like being told to do something or I kind of like do the opposite of those things right. that, people, that people expect of me um and I don't know I feel like femininity and masculinity is just they're stereotypes so that's why I, I took on um they as well as she a few years ago let me ask you a question before we really, really get into it then, because I, I'm not going to lie. I'm still, and I'm gay. We, you know, we all know that, <laughs> but I am still having like, I don't know, like some difficulty, I guess just being so programmed. Like even as I'm doing the intro for the show, I'm reading your bio and there was she in there, but even prior to that, I'm finding difficulties, not saying she, mm. so, like what? I mean, what advice do you give people? Was it difficult for the people around you or are you just kind of around woke people? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's always difficult. Um, and I, and I personally don't push it really too much for me, but I know a lot of trans and gender right. non-consuming people and gender queer people that are very, are just they and, and or other other things and I am I'm like a warrior for them almost like if someone mis misgenders them I'm like actually no it's this way and like we we can correct it in the moment so um and I was just talking to my producer Vitoria about this yesterday because we were interviewing someone for a play that we're going to be developing with this ECCSC group and um they happen to be um they and and V was having a hard time with it and I was just like you know just say their name you know, that's the easiest way. Like she kept saying like, he blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we'll just say Anthony. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's what I did. So just so you guys know, that's why I said Anna 17 times <laughs> in the beginning of the show. <laughs> but you know, it is something that I, I embrace it. I embrace it. If it means that people get to be seen more fully if it means that you get to show up and you're comfortable with me, exactly, um, yeah. you know, and if it's a sign of respect of me just saying, you know what, I respect what your choices are, you know, I'm cool. Um, then I'm all about it. So we just got to keep pushing through. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really not that hard once you get used to it. It's, it's just like, in, um, it, you know, there are certain terms that people used to use 50 years from now that we don't don't use anymore you know it's it's exactly like that very true and we're lucky in the english in the english language at least there's a, a an actual translation in other languages there is no translatable way to say them or non-binary in, in in an authentic way so right you know, at least we have that going for us right that's what <laughs> And it's so funny. There's so much like in in fighting in the queer community, um, and like Latin Latin people. Um, some of them are like, don't use Latinx. It's offensive. Right. And then other people are like, Latinx is more yeah. inclusive. Um, so it's also like 
individuals. Yeah, very much. I, I've heard that argument because I use Latinx. Um, I'm half Puerto Rican and I've heard both. <laughs> I've heard both, you know, so it's just one of those things that I guess, you know, as long as our intention is good, <laughs> that's, you know, a decent start. I agree. But listen, I want to thank you because I know, but the audience doesn't know, this is really the first time you're really sitting down. You're usually someone that is behind the scenes, um, always within the fight for equity within this cannabis industry. Um, what, what made you change your approach? Um, because I know that was, that was a little purposeful. Yeah. Um, well, you I can like that Jay whenever you want. Okay. I'm like excited. Actually, what are you smoking? Um, I'm smoking a, um, a pre-roll pack, um, of a hybrid mango rhino. Mm. Um, Illinois, y'all. We got corporate cannabis. That's right. That is right. Um, <clears throat> sorry. I totally forgot the question. I'm no, 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 <laughs> no problem. Life is a stone. Oh, yeah. oh, so, oh, the reason why I put myself out there, um, like more, more out there as opposed to being behind the camera, I actually got my my bachelor of fine arts is in acting and I minored in directing. So I'm cool with being out there as a person, but I, I feel more, I feel more comfortable as a character. Um, I really like character analysis and just understanding why people do what they do. So, so finding myself was, was, is, is hard. You know, we're constantly trying to find ourselves, but I'm working on this documentary. Yeah. And, um, I didn't intentionally um, like only document the black community, but the black community were the ones that were like out there protesting what we've been protesting. And so it just happened to be um, that. And I didn't, and because, because I was, I was like this white girl in a community that was basically only black, I wasn't going to assert myself. Um, in, into that equation. And, you know, people didn't really want to hear what I had to say, which was totally fine. Um, I was just there to support what they were saying, because I agree that um, black and brown people need to have ownership in this industry and not just rich white men. Um, and I applied for a license with my wife, who's Hawaiian Chinese, and my three other partners are black women from the South side. And so I, I kind of, um, I felt like I was doing my, the duty that I could do as my group, per, as, as a person in this group, um, showing support for our group and the other groups that, that Absolutely. look. And this is one of the things that we're constantly asking for, um, you know, understanding on, on the other side, if it's a black and brown issue, understanding from those who may have more power than us so this is constantly what we're asking for so you are an embodiment of what we're always asking for um no pressure, no pressure at all but <laughs> so how did this process start for you when did you actually decide you know what i want to jump into this industry this looks like something that um you know is perfect for me yeah, so I have been using cannabis um, for like 17 years, and I got into it in an in industry way 15 years ago. Um, I have an inflammatory disease. 
Um, and it really helps with that. I also have like depression and anxiety, which you know, I feel like everybody has. Yeah. Um, especially now. Yeah. And I think it, I think, you know, uh, medical cannabis is recreational cannabis. So, um, I think everyone uses it somehow medically, but, um, we just don't quite know. I'm also a massage therapist and I'm really, um, into like energy work and just working on myself as a person in general. Um, I'm also all over the place. So I apologize for my crazy, like, what are we talking about? No, again? no, not at all. Listen, this is, this is, I, I actually, I thought about um, doing a few shows high and I'm like, dude, there's no, you know, some people could totally wing it, you know, but there's no freaking way. I, we would just literally start talking about like our cats or something. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, totally. Yeah. So, all right. So you, um, you kind of jumped in you, you decide, or you started so using the, the product. Yeah. So, so I started using, using it at first for a few years and then I graduated college and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, let me figure out some shit. And I figured out some shit and, um, I am being vague just because, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, so I've been doing this for 15 years and I want to go to fucking legit. I wanted to go legit when they were doing medical, but it was 250 K to even apply. Um, right. And I could not afford that cause I'm an artist and basically all the money that I make goes into making art yeah. because we got to do that. And I also really b- believe in paying artists. So, um, so I kind of, I ha- I felt like I needed to put my face out there as far as this project goes, because I'm raising money um, so that I can pay back all of these awesome volunteers that have been documenting the last two years with me, the, the True Social Equity Cannabis documentary. Yep. Then also um, I have a team that I, that I locked down for like two weeks in a row coming up and we're going to like bump out a full feature in two weeks to then submit to Sundance Um, because I've never fucking submitted to Sundance. Like I've, I've never even done a feature before. Um, but, but your I've, work is awesome. Your work is awesome. And we're, we're, we're definitely going to get into, into more of that. Cause I want to talk about that 24 hour project that you did as well, but I want to make sure that the audience understands how you began this journey and what it's really taken when you began, um, filling out the applications, the amount of money that it took that scoring system. Like I want them to understand because they're going to play games here. They are. And there's no way that there is going to be a real equitable solution that New Jersey is going to present. So this is going to be a fight for years to come, unfortunately, because this is the game with politicians and business people. So how did that initial process start for you when you started filling out the applications? And I'm sure you guys had high hopes, not knowing any of this was coming up. But yeah, give me a sense of that initial process. Yeah, it was horrible. It was, it's um, writing in the application for Illinois was like writing a dissertation in four months. And we had a team of um, really four of us on the application were part of writing it and and being involved with it. And two of those out of four have master's degrees. 
Wow. Uh, and then additionally, we had five lawyers. Um, yeah, five. And the lawyers even said that this was the hardest application. This is the hardest thing they've ever done. So it's so, purposeful. Right away, it's ridiculous to right. even apply. And I met, um, and you know, the city was claiming to be like having these these open things that you could go and learn what it took to apply, and and they would help you with those things and give you tools, et cetera, which I think, in the long run, was a way for corporations to find true social equity applicants um, and put them on their application. Wow. That yeah. is corrupt as hell. I attended one. I only attended one because I was like, this, this information is so general. If you had read the application at all, you would know all of what I just learned in an hour and a half. And then afterwards was, okay, and if you're here um, and would like to, to be a, a financial support um they didn't use that term, um, like raise your hand and then you can hook up with, with people. So of course, like a few people wow. raise their hand, everyone flocks to them, you know, like that is crazy. Potentially those people are going to have a license. Right. Right. But basically big money is just scouting these people so that they could use their story to say that it's a part of some equity program when in fact, it's nothing like that. There are programs that are, um, and I'm not going to say any of these big corps. Right, right. Long as soon. Um, there yeah, are, and we don't want problems that, you know, you guys can figure out who they are, okay? Watch the videos. Boycott the corporate cannabis. Keep flagging boycott everyone that doesn't have a person who is a person of color or a woman that, that owns it. Like, do your research and know who you're buying from. And honestly, in Illinois, you don't have to do any research. Spoiler alert, there ain't any. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, if they, oh, so there, I was going to say there are companies that actually, like, find those people, give them the 51% that you, they have to give them because a, a social equity person had to have had 51% of the company. So then this corporation has 49% of the company, but in the contract, it basically says that this person has no power. like power at all yeah. and, and eventually can um, be bought out. Right. Without, with little money or a lot of money. It depends on who was looking at the contract that you signed. Right. Right. And how much does it cost to, to get a lawyer to look at the contract for you? I mean, that's just, it's just, there were so many hurdles. Um, and, you know, we almost gave up. I met groups that gave up. I met I, the, um, the guard at the dispensary that we were just protesting at for seven days straight, tr wanted to apply and gave up. Yeah. Um, and she's not the only person, Black woman, um, like, badass woman in her mid fifties. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we thought we had an awesome group because like, um, I've run a nonprofit theater company for 10, over 10 years with my wife and, um, our other partner is in finance. Our other partner works with the city in HR. Our other partner is a vet, like medical patient has been like a medical patient since the beginning. And then we had a board member who is like, has like major, 
um, ownership in California companies. And he was oh, okay. a that like, that gave us actually some help with the application process because a lot of people were just like sourcing, um, sourcing things for the application and like doing a cut and paste, like, like that was pretty standard. Most people were doing, they were doing workshops or you could pay a certain amount or like get granted a certain amount. Wow. Qualified. Which probably ends up, so you paid someone to help you get through the application process. So we paid the lawyers and this is a low amount depending on who you spoke to. So really like whoever you negotiate with your fucking lawyers, lawyers, yeah. um, maybe try to do it without the lawyer if you can. But um, my lawyer was, is a board member um, at my theater company and um, he was getting like into working with cannabis applicants. And so I was like, well, this is a perfect match because we know each other and he was awesome. He negotiated with us that, cause he was also paying his other people, um, the four people. Cause you know, this is a fucking crazy application. Yeah. 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 Like 4,000, 5,000 page. Like it's crazy. Um, where did I, where was I going? Um, uh, so we paid our lawyers 80 K. And then, yeah, yeah. And that's low. Like the corporations are paying upwards of like at least 300K. Yeah, and lobbying as well. Um, yeah. So you had more resources than more people would even think to have trying to get into this. When we're talking about the group that we're talking about, um, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I still like- or or you you have to have like certain paperwork too so if you were homeless or if you just like misplaced your paperwork or whatever and we're talking about like for multiple years you had to prove that you lived in a certain location um for uh five to ten years in a certain time frame so for for example um i'll explain like what my group looks like so my wife and I live in a disproportionately impacted area, which is what they call it. Um, currently, we live, we've lived here for three years, but we lived down the street for four years before that, but that wasn't, that didn't qualify. So technically, my wife and I are not social equity applicants. We don't own enough of the company to um need to be social equity to get the points which is the 50 points that you needed on the application to qualify as social equity also to qualify as social equity on this application you could have um a record for cannabis related things okay and you get points for that yeah, the 50 points you so would get the just points. to kind of catch the audience up if you're so basically they, um, these applications, which more than likely it probably will be based on a point system as well here, um, the application was weighted. So the different questions have different points. Now, let me ask you this, Anna. I know the answer, but I wanna hear it from you. <laughs> they gave you the criteria for the points, but was there like, a, how transparent was the process as far as how they're distributing these points? How understandable was this point system? I mean, they laid it out, like you get this amount of points for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but then like two weeks before the application was due, they changed it 
and um, you actually got it like a pass or fail for um, the community engagement plan, um, which is, you know, the point of social equity is like yeah. what these like this group understands our community. We know what to do, how to help the community with this fucking millions of dollars that we're going to be making potentially. And we're going to do the right thing. We're not going to be that corporation. Right. So they change that to a pass or fail. If you paid employees that were social equity, like while you were applying for it, right, like a month before you put in your application, if you started paying people that were social equity, you could be qualified as social equity. Okay. So they call that the slave labor clause. That's like a big thing here. Now, how many licenses did they give out? They haven't given out any. They haven't given out any licenses. Oh, I'm sorry. They, I, I'm sorry. But I'm still in like protest brain seven days ago. So they actually gave out um, grow license, transportation licenses, and infusion, infusion licenses a week and a half ago. Okay. Um, on the fourth day of our seven day protest. Oh, so they wow. Out, yeah. And some people think it, think it has something, it has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would think so. You guys are really making a lot of noise. I am gonna uh, share a couple like little pieces of the clips. I wanna encourage people to follow your work. Um, listen, in this process, you have met some pretty kick-ass people. <laughs> like, can you kind of just, uh, is there like, I mean, well, one person I kind of wanted to uh, talk about just a little bit, Tyrone, um, that's a part of the ex-cons for community and social change. Um, he's featured quite a bit in your work. Um, tell me a little about how you guys kind of started collaborating with each other. Yeah, so when I first started documenting, it was really only press conferences that Ricky Hinden was doing um, that I was attending and documenting. And I heard that Tyrone was at a dispensary protesting. And I was like, fuck yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I found out about it an powerful. hour yeah, after it happened. And so, um, and he puts his information up, like you can get his phone number very easily. Um, so, and I mess, I checked out the group on fate on Facebook and I was like, okay, this is really interesting. And then I checked him out and he's live all the time. So I like oh, wow. saw what he was doing and I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to message him. And then he got back to me right away. And then we chatted and he was like, Hey, come be, be on my radio show. And I was like, tomorrow. And I was like, okay. Um, and then I went and he's an Aquarius too. Um, Ow. Oh yeah, guys, we're, we're all Aquarius is over here. <laughs> That's why we're, you're feeling so much knowledge dripping all over you. <laughs> oh, I'm always God. hyping up Aquariuses. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's definitely awesome. Um, very, very, very powerful voice. Um, and I just noticed that he was featured pretty heavily. Um, I wonder though, in your Wait, work, you actually, I just want to say, um, you can actually get his book that he wrote. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's on our campaign. Um, I actually, so I read three books and four books in the last um, like five months, which I have dyslexia. So I actually have trauma around reading. Um, and so like actually reading four books, I haven't done in like fucking 15 years, probably. Wow, but it must have been good. I read these books about this woman, Erica Porter, who is like a producer icon for me. 
Um, she runs 48 hour film festival actually just, this is her first year. And, um, you can, uh, you can like submit to go do the film festival today. So we're going to do that, but, um, and then one is Tyrone's book. Oh my God, excuse me. Um, apologies y'all. Um, and, uh, and then one is, um, oh, fuck, I should have brought them. I'm going to, can I like bring them out? Can yeah. You? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to yeah. bring them out. Um, but the other one is Asada Moore and she wrote, uh, like a financial book about mm. like, you know, getting your shit together about finances. So, yeah, I've definitely had a few, um, talks about that. That's really, that's huge for, I mean, it doesn't really matter what your race is as Americans. We don't do well at that period. Um, oh my God. Yeah. I hate money. I just like, I wish we could just trade everything. Um, yeah. I always talk about on the show. I kind of, I have like this, you know, fantasy of me saying, forget all of this, you know, going out into the woods, building a house (laughs) and like, you know, just living like a self-sustained life. But, you know, Netflix and Hulu, they're just so much, (laughs) they just suck me in. Um, But I wanted to, you know, in the time that you've been working with uh, on this stuff, like we said, you've been meeting these amazing people. Is there any one story that kind of you can, you can remember um, where it just kind of exemplifies uh, the equity issue or something that was just very impactful, a personal yeah. account or a story? Just some, something that happened at our um, protest, like Greg, um, he, he, it was like me, Tyrone, Greg, Snoop, and then like a few other ECCSC people and then a few other people from the True Social Equity page showed up and and a few people that actually got licenses too, which was fucking okay. dope. Yeah. yeah. Support. Um, so Greg was like on the bullhorn like the whole fucking time, basically. Like he had his voice was shot at the end of the day. Um, and he was just like yelling about the inequities and he wouldn't stop. And it was really loud. And like, it was triggering people and people like people walking in the dispensary were triggered. Like the employees were triggered. Wow. Um, like, you know, I, I at first was like, well, this is a lot, but I know how to like adjust my energy to deal with stuff and I'm a daughter of a DJ so I'm used to loud things oh, okay <laughs> um and this one client um well so they had locked up you weren't allowed to go in at this point because they were like transitioning product into the location and they're okay. rules you can't have clients in there and so there was a line building up and this one client like was in a rush and needed to get her product and she was had just had a panic attack at home and and she was like really interested in what we were talking about and like and really cared and wanted to know the issues but like Greg was really like triggering her and making it worse and he was also like talking to her too at some points but then she'd like she'd basically show her white privilege and like that's very frustrating um for someone who's been incarcerated and like wasn't able to see their child born because of incarceration of can- for cannabis for three right. years like you know he's just he's just like okay doing my thing and just continued on and um I think just like learning really understanding and learning like 
what black people fucking go through and have gone through and like that I have never experienced anything like being terrorized in jail for cannabis like anyone being terrorized in jail because there's constant noise like they they do like wake-ups every four hours with noise and lights and like you know what the fuck are they doing to people yeah Yeah. (laughs) just that alone just and that's why this this whole thing is so frustrating and that's why it just it it like I just I love what you're doing so much because this is a space that you could have said you know what I got other stuff going on I have theater behind me I know how to do this this and that I have my massage therapy like I could literally just get out of this and just do something that is easier but the fact that you're in this space it's just it's so important and the work that you guys are doing is so important because people's lives were destroyed and they're pissing on the entire thing by re-traumatizing people with this it's just it's so mind-boggling that we knew that the legalization was going to happen and you know that this wasn't taken into account and one of your projects which we will start talking about now but one of your projects really highlighted the fact that you know this is not really just black and white we have black politicians who are pushing these things as well we have people not paying attention to bills bills that are being passed they're reading summaries of the bill the people that we out are electing they're reading summaries of bills and passing them and how like it's just so that's my producer v um vitoria she's fucking dope that said that like yes that blew my shit (laughs) i don't even know how a better way to say it that blew me because I know we all know that there's corruption. We know that they don't do their jobs. We, we know, but you don't even read bills. That's like, you're, that's like me not doing, reading emails at my job. It's like, what are you doing then? I'll tell you even more so. And I'm not going to like, I really like, I really like people, you know, I don't want to highlight any negativity in this documentary. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of internal fighting and still is. I'm not going to be highlighting that in this documentary. Um, but like, they're not even not reading it, but like they're put, I feel, I feel like they're, the politicians are putting the work on the people. That's why we have all these nonprofits that are run by the people that are trying to get stuff done and they're almost like being lobbyists yeah no money um it's yeah yeah it's i i've i feel like i've definitely been used in the last two years which is totally fine because i'm allowing it um but in the sense that like why aren't you doing that don't you get paid that's the thing I haven't gotten I've put like ten thousand dollars into this into making this like I haven't gotten anything from any of the like promotion like letting the people know educate people there are organizations that are nonprofits that are like doing memberships where they're getting paid to do that kind of stuff like yeah 
Yeah. Even with the Black Lives Matter protest, it took a while for some Black politicians to get involved in the protest. They were following some of the lead of white people who yeah. said, yeah, I agree with this because this is a obvious thing, you know? So sometimes it doesn't always... I'm sorry, before I forget, because I do want to give him a shout out. Greg Harris, he is the Speaker of the House in Illinois. He's a um, older white gay man and did amazing things for Illinois. Awesome. I'm not, I'm not really into politics, to be honest. So like this is But just... when you see a good one, <laughs> shout it out for sure. Yeah, he donated um, to the campaign, which I thought was really awesome. That is awesome. So make sure he gets reelected. <laughs> if he wants to, he's old. Yeah, if he wants to. So uh, let's start talking about the projects that you have, um, you know, you're working on. So first, uh, you in the past, you did you did the 24 hour project, which is like crazy, insane, intense. I don't even my brain doesn't compute. Um, talk about the 24 hour. Uh, it's the Tribeca Film Festival. Okay. Um, or who, who does the 24? Is there a couple organizations that do it? Because I know Philly Cam does it here in Philadelphia as well. Okay, yeah, this is like, this is something that gets really confused. So, okay, 24-hour fest is a thing that theater companies do. Okay. And 48-hour fest is a thing that's a film thing. Okay. I do both of those things. Okay, you're crazy. <laughs> This is like the bungee jumping of like produ production and directing and like this is this is the X Games <laughs> of our industry. Well, like I really I love I loved acting, but I sucked at memorizing. So like when you're directing, you don't have to memorize anything, right. and I really like working fast, so it just works out for me. So <laughs> and yeah, tell t tell me about the tell me about both. Tell a little bit. Just tell me a little bit about the experience of both. Be brief, be brief. Okay, um, twenty four hour play fest is where you get a team of six writers, six directors, and eighteen actors, and you make groups of you make six groups. And I'm not good at brief. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you get your groups together, and then you pick out a hat. Okay, that's what it is. Works together. You pick out a hat who works together, and then um, you the writer writes a ten minute play that night, and then you like rehearse all day, and then literally twenty four hours later, you perform a brand new ten minute play in twenty four hours um, for a live audience. Yeah, that is nuts. Eight hour film festival. Um, oh, and we did that on a Zoom and on like a Zoom thing this past year with the Hawaii company because you know COVID. Right, so we right. Trying to figure out how to translate it, so we did that. And then the the forty eight hour film festival is similar. You get like um, prompts and like character and like different things, and then you have forty eight hours to film it, edit it, and like get it to go, and um, and then turn it in. 48 hours later and then like a few weeks later you get to see it on a big screen and then if you get into the finals and you get to see it again on the big screen and then they like give awards That's and this is crazy. throughout the country they have them and I um actually won best director two years in a row high so, five that I is insane so you thrive in this like that's awesome that is freaking awesome I don't know Sometimes I think it's like not good for me, you know, like some of us are just activated by pressure and, you know, you should be grateful for it because to, 
to be one of the people that fold under pressure, oh, you don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? You're like activated. You're like, oh, I got two minutes to do it. Let's figure this shit out. You know, I'm like crawling a hole. No, it's a process because like I have been for a long time before very recently, like I would get, I would get moving and I would be in a good place. And then like, I'd be almost there and I'd give up. And then I'd never feel good or like, I would never feel great about the final product, you know? Yeah. I just got to fucking like, I I hate that feeling. Like I could have done more and I didn't. So I just got to do that. But also with, when it comes to production and editing and these types of things that you're talking about, it truly is so subjective. And I think a lot of us can be our worst critics where we'll pick out things that people are like, the fuck are you talking about, yo? Like, it was great. Like, what are you saying? You know? Um, so, cause like, even with the podcast, I, I, I was like you, I never wanted to be, I didn't want my face to be on anything. This is like me, you know, doing something outside of my comfort zone and saying, you know what, I'm going to take on this challenge because why am I afraid? And one of the things I say to myself all the time, I'm like, yo, you're going to die one day, get over this shit. Like you're going to die, do it, you know? So that's usually what gets me through. So anytime I see people like, you know, just like that, that energy of thriving under pressure and like making big changes, adulting and just developing into better people, you know, I love it. I'm a fan of Anna. So listen, what is, where are we at now? What can we either support you on? What can we be following up on? Where, where are we in with the license now? Where are we in with these projects, these films that are coming out? Okay. So the, the email about the dispensary license, which is what I applied for with my team, um, is supposed to be coming out tomorrow okay. with uh, new scores. And then based on the new score, if we get our social equity points, which we should have, um, we get in a lottery. Oh we're like two of like 4,000 people that are getting, um, I think, 55 licenses. I can't remember. Um, I, there's no fucking chance. Yeah. For, uh, I mean, you never know, but yeah, we will. I mean, listen, if there's anything that we can do, um, you know, sign something, support something, I will continue to share your content. Just keep sending it to me. Well, um, so please check out our Indiegogo page. Um, I also put the Indiegogo ass together in four hours. So be wow. kind to that video. <laughs> but um Anything you can give like 20 bucks is totally fine or a share um, or, or more. If you want those books I was talking about um, and support your local weed man t-shirts and ECCSC t-shirts. Like, I think we have pretty fucking cool swag and okay. um, that's a really great way of, of helping right now the film and the movement because the money is going to give back to the people who have already volunteered to continue to make it super fast and then to continue to support the movement like I've been buying like water and food because I um show love with food so I I it's just how I work yeah yeah definitely (laughs) food and weed you show up to somewhere food and weed man you can't go wrong with that what (laughs) awesome so listen Anna 
I so, so appreciate your time. Like I said, I absolutely plan on continuing to follow, continuing to support, and hopefully this is the not the last time that we collab, um, you know, and in the Spicy Pecan podcast. <laughs> oh, awesome. Make it happen and tell people about things and, you know, make the world a better place because that's what cannabis is here for. That is it. Absolutely. And that is an awesome way to wrap. Make sure you give my love to your wife and get my uh, my pullout couch ready because I plan on being a house guest. <laughs> well, you're not allergic to cats, so that's good. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Anna. We have a dream that one day every governor and politician in our When we talk about corruption within this many city, it's our blowhard politicians that make unsatisfied promises to communities solely to get our vote. I'm a firm believer that J.B. Prisker ran as a governor to make his cronies legal drug dealers while the war on drugs destroyed our communities. Everybody that won higher level office ran on a platform that they were about social equity and inclusion. That's not happening here with recreational marijuana industry right now. And I'm telling y'all, it's not a black and white thing because we had black legislators who sat there and watched this happen. Now we needed to prioritize social equity in the cannabis industry in Illinois. And we have been lobbying and advocating for true social equity since the beginning. This whole industry has made billions, a billion dollars, and we've received nothing. True social equity in cannabis would look like 99% owners being people of color, people who have been effect- directly impacted by the war-, war on drugs, owning licenses, not just dispensing, cultivation, packaging, infusing. That's what true social equity would look like to me. Just being able to fucking buy from black people, you know? Shit. Even when licenses do get distributed, they're going to have to sell from multi-state operators now. So it's like, what are we fucking going to do? I came here to buy some cannabis, but when I seen the protest, I'm here with the people, for the people, that's who I am. So I wanted to find out what was going on. I did. Thank you for listening to Spicy Pecan Podcast. This is a one-